theyeshiva.net. Page 84, the second column, the first line on the top. You don't have to count lines. So how do we summarize what we learned yesterday about Shabbos? That a lekim seizes on Shabbos, so to speak. What do we mean a lekim seizes on Shabbos? Not that Hashem doesn't create the world. <laughs> Creates the world, because if He wouldn't create the world, there wouldn't be a world. We say, We say it on Shabbos too. <laughs> Besides Shabbos, is a Memorial Day weekend, so you don't have to go to work. So you don't create the world. It creates the world, but as the al puts it in another Maimer, it doesn't create the world with Dibur, it creates the world with Machshava. Or it doesn't create the world with Yesh, it creates the world of Ayin. It doesn't create the world with Mamale, it creates the world with Soiviv. That's Prat Aliyah Sa'ilamus. Everything is the same, but everything is different. Because everything is the same, you could also completely ignore it. You could not see it, because it's the same. <laughs> but everything is different for the person who sees the difference. When I've been, when I've been writing, in his martial of writing, and I invested my entire focus, and I was mitzamsam, I, 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 sh- I shrunk, I uh, condensed, I defined myself by those words. That's myself that comes out. And it's complete, it's not fake, it's real. And then when I, when I withdraw and I come back to myself and, and all that energy is reclaimed by me, somebody who's looking at my hand and hasn't seen the process will just see the same hand, the hand that was writing. Uh, maybe I put down the pen. Or even if I didn't put down the pen, it's, it's, it's not something you'll see in the hand. But somebody who experiences me knows that it's in a, complete, I'm a, in a completely different, different space. It's, it's, it's feeling the inner, the inner rhythm, the inner heartbeat, as they say. So everything is the same from one level, and everything is different on another level. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why you'll see in all the tefillahs of Shabbos, the Chazal have interesting expressions on Shabbos that bash, first hashkafa, it's hard to understand. Just a day of rest. Day of rest, fine. So there's... So, some made a Sunday, they copied Shabbos, they made Sunday. They used to call it the Sabbath in America, you know, <laughs> Christian Sabbath. And uh, it's a copy of the Jewish people's Shabbos. But for example, you say uh, um, um, in, in the in Shemin Esther's of Shabbos, that's where they brought out the Nikud of Shabbos. It's bizarre. It's an intimate, it's an intimate, it's between me and you. It's like, like, you know, you say, this is an inside, this is an inside experience. What's the inside experience? You rested. Arela means people who are stuffed. They can't rest in his rest. Why can't they rest in his menucha? So what do you mean they they can't eat chont? They can't shut down their phones. They can also, eat they can also eat jalapeno herring at the kiddush. They can also sleep another few hours and read a book or uh, Ami magazine or Mishpacha magazine or whatever you uh, 
What do you read on Shabbos? All these expressions, there's a, there's a gift here. It's almost I'm allowing you into an intimate gift. It's like, Why Chayiv Misa? It's not a, it's not a punishment. The Alter Rebbe says, it, it's detaching yourself from the Metzius of life. Like you have to know what for one person spells life, for another person spells the cessation of life. For one experience makes a person more alive, and for another person it's just confusing and overwhelming and actually has the opposite effect. Depends who you are and, and you know where you are in a relationship. If you look at the Mincha of Shabbos, it's a whole Ata Echod, Vashimcha Echod, Michamcha Kisrol. Yaakov of Anavianuchova, and you start describing the Menucha. Menucha Shlema, Sha'ata, Reitzabov, Almanuchasim, Yadishua Shmach. So it's all based on the idea. What does it mean, Hashem rested? Is Hashem rested as a secret? Or just a symbolic to, to take a, a day off? So that's the whole Nikuda that this Maimon is saying is that Shabbos is an opportunity. It's actually, there's, it's, there's a different part of you that you could connect to on Shabbos an expansiveness of consciousness from my own state of yesh to my own state of ayin. And as a result of that, it's in me, it's in my children, it's in my spouse, it's in the people around me, it's in my, my, my house, the community, the, my friends, and it's really in the whole world. It's in the whole world. And all the malachas of Shabbos are simply honoring that space, that truth, that reality. Now, People experience it on different levels, right? That's what he said in the beginning of the Maimer. Without experiencing Shabbos every day of the week, you can't experience Shabbos on Shabbos. <laughs> there's the Shabbos of Sunday, there's the Shabbos of Monday, the Shabbos of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which is the time of davening. And then from all of them, very Shabbos. <laughs> That's what creates Shabbos. What does it mean to create Shabbos? It creates the ability to be able to perceive it, to experience it more. There was a chassid of the Balatanya. And they said he was an ish pashat. He was a, a more simple person. Shemaim was a very, he was a very sincere, but, a simple, but he used to daven every day with arichis, with tremendous, uh, tremendous dedication and diligence for hours. So they asked him once, what, uh, what is he thinking about? What's daven there? Like, uh, you have sometimes a person who's a big maskil, who's a, you know, a, they call him a big maskil, a big oivit, somebody who meditates for hours, but he wasn't that type of person. So he said, he said, Ich weiß nicht, I don't know. But the von, he was a chassid of the Alter Rebbe. He said, the chassid von Rebbe mit 40 years ago, when I was young, I once heard from the Alter Rebbe. It was Shabbos. The Alter Rebbe said, Zohar v'shomer b'dibur echot. We say in the Chadoidi, Zohar v'shomer b'dibur echot. Right? Zohar and Shomer was said in one dibur. So he said in Yiddish, so the Rebbe gezogt, Zohar v'shomer b'dibur echot. In Yedin dibur. In jedem Dibur, in jedem Wort, und in jedem Sach, in jedem Dover, darf man gedenken und hitten dem Echad. In everything, in every word, you have to zacher, remember, and shomer, protect the Echad, the oneness. So he said, that's what I daven with. So 40 years he was davening with this, with this Wort. Bedibur Echad. Zacher v'shomer bedibur Echad. Because it's very easy to fall, become fragmented. 
who's not fragmented? If you're a person, you're fragmented, compartmentalized, right? If anybody's honest, part of the human condition is fragmentation, exact opposite of Echot. So he says, Zohar, you have to remember, it's not, it doesn't, uh, it's counterintuitive. Once, once you understand that it's not counterintuitive, but it is counterintuitive. Zohar v'shon b'dibrach. So that's the Nikud of Shabbos that he explained by Riches that we discussed yesterday. So now he goes to the next level. But let's remember, we discussed above, every, here, every line of the Maimir, it's all, it's all one big binyan. So every Nikudah that he said is, is being expressed in all, the, in, all the, in all the themes. We explained before, there's two, there's two inyanamid, there's two madregas in Bittl. There's two, madregas means, of course, steps, but here it means two states, two levels, a madrega, two states of consciousness in Bittl. Remember, he spoke this Bittl Hayesh and this Bittl B'Metzias, right? Or to put it in other words, he said this Bittl Hayesh, La'ayin, and then this Ayin Mamish. <laughs> this Ayin Mamish. Bittl Hayesh is the first level is that which I can understand, which I can experience, which I can initiate, which I can practice, which I can exercise, which by definition is not Ayin. It can't be Ayin. By definition, I'm the one who's you know, bringing it on, so to speak. Huh? And, 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 and sometimes I'm not ready to go further. It, 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 it's on my terms. Because it's my, it's my work. It's my recognition. It's my awareness. But because it's my awareness, we all know, as I said then in the Shiurim, people who work on themselves, because they have different, sometimes, you know, when people don't have such acute challenges, they're not forced to work on themselves. So it's a blessing sometimes to have certain challenges because you have to go much deeper. You know, if my car is not broken, I don't have to open the hood. I don't know what's happening inside my car. And if my computer is never broken, right, I never open it up. If my soul is never broken, I never open it up. The hood stays closed. The car is going, at least in my own chaloimus. It's a gate. <laughs> the fact that it bumped off other people from the road, I don't know about that. <laughs> My lawyer deals with their claims. I don't deal with it. But my car is going well. Yeah, Ignorance is bliss. However, if the car is broken, you have to open it. <laughs> you have to go deeper. So sometimes a person works on themselves, MS. And they reach certain places that are very deep. Right? But at some point somebody will tell you, that's it. I don't have where to go with you anywhere. There's, there's a blockage. I may have done a lot of work, but it's only the first state of Bittl. First state of Bittl is always initiated by me, and therefore it's limited to my tools and my experience. It's very profound, it's very real, because it's really climbing the mountain to the highest level. But even if I get to the top of Mount Everest, I can't get to the moon. <laughs> Why not? You can't climb to the moon, yeah? You need a space rocket to take you to the moon. I could go very high. Some people could go to the top of the mountain. Some people could could climb up one staircase. Some people ten staircases. But ultimately, I'm using the tools that allow me to reach the height that I can reach. The second type of bittel is, well, I think Shakespeare once said, some people are born great, some people develop greatness, and some people have greatness thrust upon them. You know what thrust upon them is? Right? Greatness thrust upon you. In many ways, it's, it's part of what it means to be a Jew. Right? Some people are born great. Some people develop greatness. 
But sometimes I wasn't born great and I didn't develop greatness. But you have greatness thrust upon you. It's like, okay, you can run away, but this is, this is where you are. You know, you could close your eyes or you can open your eyes. And the worst is when something is thrust upon you, you know, when the, the, the quarterback is through the football and you, you don't catch it. <laughs> it's there. Catch it. It's yours. No, I can't catch it. So, but this is a different type of bit. This is a bitl that I experience not from the eye. It comes from the gilui of the ayin. It's almost like God says, okay, come on, ayin. <laughs> Pulls out a rope and schleps you in. It's not what you create of life. It's what life creates for you. Right? It's, it's, it's what I create, which is very powerful. But it doesn't come close to what life brings on. You, you relate to what I'm saying? Huh? You know, people get married. They plan what type of life they're going to have. Yeah, you did that. Right? What type of marriage and what type of children and what type of nachas, huh? What type of music is going to play in the background in the kitchen with a speaker? So the house is going to be serene and tranquil, not like your house when you grew up, Alam Gishriyan. Friday afternoon is going to be the most serene place. Four o'clock in the afternoon, you're going to take a walk on the water and, and do poetry, Pushkin, like you said. And it's all good. And we make adjustments in life, Right? But uh, what really what really creates life is nothing I planned or <laughs> initiated. It's a whole different experience. And that's where real bittel comes in, because it's from a place that's deeper than the yesh. So that Rebbe said there's two states of bittel. I can imagine the melech, and then I could show up and see the melech, and then it's like, whoa, that's a real, that's a re- that's real bittel. I tackle lose myself. I lose myself because I couldn't prepare myself to lose myself. You know the difference? There's preparing yourself to lose yourself. And then there is mefalertzich. There's takenozich over there. So he said that there's two inyonim in bittel. Schar mitzvah mitzvahs. The mitzvah is bittel. But the tchis hamesim, that's the schar mitzvah, that's the bittel amiti. So he says, Eibazei ha'alaf p'chines bittel ha'yesh la'ayin. V'hu isarusa delasata l'p'chines gilui bittel ha'amiti. Don't underestimate the first bittel. The first bittel is the sarusa de lasata. It's the work that's needed below to be able to come to the bittel hamiti. mamish. What does it mean, ayin mamish? It's taka that the real ayin is, is manifested in a person. These words are describing Seyvah. It should have been in the beginning of the Maimah. <laughs> well, I'll tell put it in here. Put it in here. But look at his words. You see, here you have everything about Bittal and Seyvah and Ayin. He says, what's Ayin Mamish? Ayin means really nothing. He says, I'll explain to you what Ayin Mamish means. Ayin Mamish is that the Ayin, which is Seyvah of Kalaman, is manifested in a person. The Ayin Musik Klal. There's absolutely no comprehension of it. And that's why it's called ayin. Don't think for a moment that it's called ayin because it, does, it doesn't exist. Because it's a, it's a garnished. You know, ayin, it's a garnished. Dame ayin basa. You come from nowhere. You come from a tipasuche. Da me, you know the Altar Da me ayin basa. Me ayin basa. When you look at your tipasuche, it's hard to see that, right? Me? You have to realize, da me ayin basa. You come from ayin. If you come from Ayin, then there's space for everything in your life, all the paradoxes. Nothing is broken. But uh, the, So that, why is it called Ayin? It's not called Ayin, Ayin, nothing. 
That's why I always say, nothing is no thing. It's called I and only, because I have no tangible way of defining it within my yeshas. So I call it ayin. From, from the perspective of soiviv, everything else is called ayin. Well, today writes in one of the Maimarim that there's two perceptions on life. One perception in life is mashalamata yesh ulamala ayin. Another perception of life is mashalamayla yesh ulamata ayin. Right? And that all depends on a, the vantage point. If you ask a child what's real about this table, and I'll say, it's a solid piece of wood. Right? You'll ask a physicist who's working with, uh, with, uh, with microscopes, and I'll tell you, the solid piece of wood, that's a, <laughs> that's a very, very false and superficial and foolish description of the table. Let me talk to you about uh, atomic structures. That's much more real. So who's right? Who's right? And you go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Lagabe, one level, this is yesh and everything else is ayin. I, I'm sorry, I can't relate to it. You come to a little child and you offer him a check of $100,000. But it looks very boring. Or a little fire truck that costs 99 cents in amazing savings. You know what he chooses. You would also choose that, right? It's more fun. The child in us chooses the, the more tangible thing, right? The candy, the lollipop is much more exciting than the check. Another person, <laughs> that's not a yesh, that's a joke. So every Indian, every nakuda, what's yesh, what's ayin, depends where you are in the world. One person's yesh is another person's ayin, and another person's ayin <laughs> is another person's yesh. What's for me is nothing. So it's not even, uh, yeah. You have a person who's a barsechel, is a real intellectual, he hears an idea. The idea is much more powerful than anything else. An emotion, right? Sometimes an emotion is much more powerful than anything else. Is it tangible? It's not tangible. So the Altarebbe says, Why is Sayyid Kalaman called Ayin She'enei Musik Klal? Ene Musik Klal means completely cannot be defined by the tools that I have to define existence. Because all tools that I have to define existence are products of Soiviv condensing into what we call mamali, which is the way the divine energy is articulated in a fashion that I can have some tangible experience of it. And in that itself, there's endless levels. Mamish, endless levels. Even that's not musig. Am I masig mamali kalalman? You're not masig mamali kalalman. But at least you're masig that there's something to be masig. Soiviv kalalman I could completely uh, ignore. So in Mela, that's Ayin Mamish. That's the Gili of Saiviv. But the first bitl is a hachana for it. He says in the parentheses, Moshe told the Miraglim they should figure out when they go there, tell Hayeshba eights im Ayin. Well, how do you touch it? Does it have an eight? Or not? Yeah. He says, no, no, no. What's the Pchin in Eretz Yisrael? Is the Pchin in Eretz Yisrael an Indian of eights? Or it's the Pchin of Ayin? That, that was the question. Based on Azoya. Okay, he's, he's not Masbun, I'm just mentioning it, he says in the parenthesis. After the parenthesis, And then through the first bitl, the person is open to bitl amiti. In other words, if I don't work on myself in the first state of bitl, you can have the revelation of the ayin, but it doesn't have anywhere to go. So every step of a person's work is very valuable. Even though you say it's all with my limited tools and, and where is it taking me? You see it very much in the world of therapy. Sometimes 
people will go to therapy for many, many years, and they work through so many things. And then there comes a point where there's nowhere to go. Why? And the answer is because words can't go anymore. They won't take you anywhere else. Because you're using the same tools <laughs> that was used to initiate the problem. Or at least it's part of that world, of that reality. So, you know, today they search for so many different types of methods. How do I overpass? How do I, like, you know, you know there's a detour on the highway. This highway is stuck, not going anywhere. Is there a way of getting into a deeper place? It's not simple. Because it's not something, okay, let me understand this. Let me stop understanding. The, the moment you have to understand and analyze and dissect, you're just not going to get there. You're going to get to the place that you're controlling, which is which is which could be tremendously valuable. The place that you're controlling, because I'm controlling a lot, and I could maybe release some control or or see things differently, change perceptions, change realities. However, sometimes you need an eye in mamish from a place that that's ainoy musik. That's a whole different type of bit. It's a whole different type of gilu. So it could be very scary if you don't understand what I in this. I'm not in control. If I'm not in control, what's left? I am. V'kach yuvon sheyesh beis b'chinaseilu b'shabbos. Ah, if the whole union of Shabbos is b'tlayesh la'ayin, if the whole Shabbos is the aliyah of memali and soiviv, so of course there's two dimensions to Shabbos. <laughs> Of course there's two dimensions to Shabbos. If there's two dimensions to Bittl, there's two dimensions to Shabbos. V'zeu inyin shtei Shabbos kilchos and sheyash b'chol Shabbos. Da'inu Shabbos tatov and Shabbos illah. And that's pshat what Chazal say. If the Jews can celebrate two Shabbosim kilchosan, they mean the two Shabbosim in each Shabbos. Shabbos tatov and Shabbos illah. The lower state of Shabbos and the higher state of Shabbos. V'hine lohov and inyin Shabbos tatov. To understand what is Shabbos Tata. Now it's interesting. The whole paragraph he explained what Shabbos Tata is. By is But apparently not. Says Lahoven in Shabbos Tata. You would think he explained it already. No. To understand Shabbos Tata, you have to understand another Shabbos. There's another Shabbos, there's a Shabbos in days, every week, and there's a Shabbos in years, the seventh year, which we call sabbatical year in English, which is Shemitah, which is the Torah calls Shabbos in Parshas Bahar, the Torah says, when you come into the land, Vishav Saharit, Shabbos Lasha. The earth should experience Shabbos. It's called Shabbos. It's not the Shabbos every week, it's a Shabbos once in seven years. As I mentioned, I think in the beginning of the year, this year, Tavshim Pei Beis, is a year of Shemitah which in Eretz Yisrael has tremendous consequences. The year of Shemitah is a year of Shabbos. So it's also Shabbos. The earth rests. Why is it called Shabbos? Because what's Shabbos? We learned Shabbos is Bittal, Tashbisu. What's Bittal? Bittal is Aliyah. What does Aliyah mean? Aliyah means that the Yesh ascends into a deeper interpretation, into a deeper state. What's the connection of Shemitah to Shabbos? He says over here, it's Gar Pashat. 
What's the Seder of Shemitah? For seven years I'm plowing and I'm planting for myself. And that's the key, la'atzmi, for myself. That's the concept of yesh. I have a field, it's mine, it belongs to me, I work hard, I want to produce the harvest, the grain or the fruits, and enjoy them or sell them, make money of them. The earth and the fruits are mine, it's it's mine, it's not yours. That's the statement six years. And that's how it is halachically, it's mine, it's not yours. And if you walk in and you break my fence and you come into the field, it's thievery, you're not allowed to, unless I give you permission. In other words... He says, So for six years, the person is something. <laughs> he's a yesh, he's something. <laughs> it's my land, it's my field, it's my fruits. Shali, shali. Shalach, shalach, shali, shali. There's identity, that's what it's based on. There's no identity, there's no ownership. Judaism doesn't completely adhere to a socialist worldview where nothing belongs to me. Animal farm, everybody is equal and some people are more equal than others. It's mine. What, that, that paradigm is a paradigm of yesh v'davar. It's my house, it's my field, you have no right to come into, and if you come in, I will sue you. <laughs> That's six years. What's shviyas? Shviyas is bitla yesh. In a very literal way. It's not, the Torah says, make your fruits hefker. No. That's a result. In the seventh year, there's an akuda of bittel. Bemela, the fruits become hefker. He's saying that it's not, there's a halacha, shmitta, the peris have to be hefker. Yeah, it's true. He says, but it comes from a pnimius. Shmitta is Shabbos. There's bittel ayesh. Bemela, the fruits are hefker. The halacha by shviyas, by shmitta is, in Eretz Yisrael, all the fruits that grow on all of your trees, you can have a thousand fields, a thousand orchards. Everything is ownerless. In fact, you're not allowed to lock a gate on Shemitah. If you have a gate, you have to open the lock. And everybody is allowed access. Jews, non-Jews, and animals. You can't even stop animals. It's a chiddush. It's not just you have to allow everybody in the community. No. Everybody, every person, Jew and Gentile, every animal. Every animal. A sheep wants to come, a goat wants to come, an ox wants to come. Even a cheetah or a tiger want to come. Pajalista, it's yours. What's that based on? It smacks in the face of any capital, capitalist, uh, capitalistic model of success. It's my field. I bought it. I planted. I worked on it. I planted these trees. One year. Next year, it's not Hefke. Next year, I lock the gate. You have no access. It's Gneva. I'll sell it to you. Stalterebbe says, in order for the yesh to be a yesh, you have to always go back to Ayan. If the yesh doesn't go back to ayin, the yesh is going to become too wounded, <laughs> too complicated, too broken, too detached. Now your kids are also allowed to eat on Shemitah. You're, you don't have to starve on Shemitah. You're also allowed to go and take. But you're taking from your field like you're taking from Hefke. That's the Pshat and Shemitah. I'm allowed to go and eat apples from my apple tree and feed them to my family. But I'm, I'm like a stranger. In my own field, I'm a stranger. The Pasuk says in Bahar, The Gemara says, he, he relies, of course, that you know the Gemara, 
But the Gemara says that you should eat it and everybody else and your animals and your beasts, domesticated, undomesticated. So the Gemara says that the Pasuk compares your eating to the animal eating. As long as the animal can eat in the field, you're allowed to eat in the house. As long as there's nothing in the field for the animal, you're not allowed to eat in the house. And that's a mitzvah called beer. There's the mitzvah of beer by Shvius. In other words, I could take all the apples and I could take the oranges to my house to feed my kids as long as there's apples in the field. You have a hundred apple trees. There's apples for the animals. Gesundheit. But the moment there's no apples in the tree, now I'm holding on to my apples. You've got to put it back out in the field. You could take again to feed your kids. At least according to many poiskers. What do you do with that, that batch that you put out again? Many Rishonim say you could take it again. But there has to be always this equality. The animals can eat. You can also eat. What's that based on? That's the Lashon of the Gemara. You have a private behavior in the house. You have your chickens. You have your donkey. Right? You have your sheep. You have your goat. They're domesticated animals. As long as the chaya has in the field, you can give the behavior in the house. What's the vart? Why? Why? What's a joke? The vart is because the gather of Schmidt is hefker. And hefker, you don't say... Every, the, the, the food is hefker for everybody, but some people are more equal than others. <laughs> that's, so, that's Soviet Russia. Right? Some, we're all equal, but some of us get dacha. Some of us put away billions of dollars. You can ask Putin. But we're all equal. <laughs> In terms of control, we're all equal. Of course we're not equal. Churchill once said, capitalism is the unequal and unfair distribution of success. Socialism is the equal distribution of misery. It's distributed equally to everybody. <laughs> he was a smart man. But what's Yiddishkeit? So it's not true. Socialism was very appealing to Jews because Judaism has a lot of socialist elements to it. Right, the whole concept of a minion, the whole concept of a community, the whole concept of meiser, trumets, dukkah, right? This whole shul is it's, it's a socialist vibe here. You know what I mean? No? There's soup, mit cookies, mit, mit this. People come from sudas, they bring meat and flesh. You don't eat here, but people sit here and eat all day. It's very good food here. <laughs> the point is Judaism has a very, especially in the Hasidic communities, where everything is community, 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 you know? It's, it's, it's a very stark thing. But on the other hand, Judaism has a, another side to it. Because the vision of life, as I said, you know, you, you have in two hands, you hold the yesh and you hold the eye in one hand and another hand. So the vart is, if it's an Indian of Hefker, if it's an Indian of Bitala Yesh, so then it's not sure, I have it in my house, I outsmarted the system. The Indian of Bitala Yesh is that there's one year where the Rebbeinah Shalom says, we're going to we're going to open ourselves up to the reality of Ayin. Now, as it says in Parashas, Bahar Jews got very scared. What are we going to eat? <laughs> it's a deep question. If I'm Ayin and you're Ayin, what am I going to eat? <laughs> what am I going to eat? Who's going to protect my ego? It's a very deep question. So he says, Don't worry. You won't die in your Ayin. You won't lose yourself in your Ayin. Maybe you'll find yourself in your Ayin. And there's a mitzvah of beer shviyas. It's not just the pedas or hefker. 
The time of beer, time of beer means when there's no more food in the field. Beer is like beer chametz, beer shviyas. You had to push it, remove the fruits or the harvest from your house and put it in the field and open it. So he says, <laughs> Just like he said by Karbonus. There's bitlayesh in concept and then there's bitlayesh papel mamish. I'm taking my money and giving it to you. I'm taking my fruits and putting it out. That's not bitlayesh in theory. This is papel mamish bitlayesh. You could do it begrudgingly, or it's a real sense. The chassidim of the Alter Rebbe had a language in English, uh, in English, in Yiddish. The Rebbe would say over, you heard from his father-in-law, the shtikel breit, the shtikel breit was ichab, is diner v'miner. And he would add, v'hoyu magdimim milas diner milas miner. The piece of bread that I have is yours like mine, but they used to first say the word yours. They would first say dina before mine. In the world of ayin, it's never a zero-sum game. It's like imagine in a marriage, yeah? Somebody tells his wife, you know when I'll be happy? When I'll win the argument. Or the other, one, the other spouse says, when I'll win the argument, I'll be happy. By definition, you don't understand what a relationship is. A relationship means for me to win, you have to win. And for you to win, I have to win. That's what a relationship is. So Yid once came to me, he said, uh, he married the wrong woman. What happened? He said, I wanted to, I thought I'm getting a BMW. I ended up with a Buick. You remember the Buicks? Oh, your father ever had a Buick? So I told him the problem is you were looking for a car, not for a wife. <laughs> It's a very good definition. BMW versus Buick, right? It's Mekechtos. And in Baba Metziah, there's a whole sugya about Mekechtos and business. <laughs> we were looking for a car. Definition of a car is yesh. The definition of a marriage is ayin. The, hest, the definition of a car is yesh. And it's not bad to have a car. <laughs> and it's your car. It's your car. It's not my car. But the definition of a marriage is ayin, not yesh. Now, it's a challenge because we bring our yesh into a marriage. So the definition of a marriage is really bitul hayesh la'ayin. I'm just giving an example. That's what Schmidt is. Schmidt is, it's not give him the fruits because you're a nice person. That's not the word. That's not give him the fruits because you're a nice person. That's yesh. You're a nice person. I'm not saying you're not a nice person. That's not the word of Shmita. The word of Shmita is, the shtikel breit was ichab is deine It's a vision of the world of ayin. What's ayin? Ayin is, there is real oneness. There is organic oneness. If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear as is. Infinity. So it's an invitation to see the world from that perspective. And then he goes even further. If you like animals, this is a piece for you. It's a fascinating halacha. I understand if the poor person, if the kayan didn't get his truma, I can't eat. Here it's much deeper than that. For the person to eat, the animal has to be able to eat. Not my animal. A, a, a stray animal. A chaya, even a chaya. An undomesticated animal. Or your animal. 
as long as that your animal or any animal doesn't have food in my field to eat, I'm not allowed to eat the food in my house. We have equal access. He says, where do you have a perception in halacha where man and animal become shava, become the same? They're treated the same. He says, that's bitlayash. <laughs> that's bitlayash. The mitzvah of Biur Shviyas, the mitzvah of Biur Shviyas, you learn from the Chayas. It says, Lebehem Techol Chaya. V'zel Mepnei Shehu Shabbos Ha'aretz. V'ali Mepchina Sevev Kalam. Such a type of bitl, that as long as the animal doesn't have the food, I can't obtain the food. You look at, you go outside and there's an animal and there's a certain equality we almost share, we share ownership of this world. The whole, the whole raison d'etre of the human is, I control the world, I rule the world. Hashem even told our Adam Okay, in the time of Adam, he wasn't allowed to eat uh, uh, animals, only vegetation and produce. But after Noyach, they were allowed. But here we're not only talking about not eating them. Here we're talking about my fruits, they're my fruits. No, they're yours as well. Not just with another person, with my brother, with my sister, with my cousin, with my community member. With a non-Jew, but much more than that, not a non-human being. Maybe a person is a tzalem okay? We're all responsible for humanity. We're all part of the brotherhood of mankind. Right? It's one of the idea, basic ideas of Judaism. Chaviv Adam Shnivra Besides, call you solar There's something called mankind. That everybody is responsible for. The Rambam says it's a mitzvah to influence every person in the world to observe Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Nayach. In Hilchis Malachim, he says, it's not a no in Rambam. The Rambam says that Moshe, when he gave the Jews the Torah, he gave them a commandment from Hashem that they have a responsibility to influence every citizen of mankind to observe Sheva Mitzvah's B'nai Nayach. It's just over the years in Kalos, there's so much segregation and so much anti-Semitism that, you know, the conception by Jews is, you know, just just leave us alone and let us be Jews. You know, last thing we have to think about is, right, convincing others. Today we live in a different generation, but the Nikuda is that that's a responsibility for people. But here you see a whole deeper union, this sense of equality with the animal. Like every idea can also be misconstrued, you know. Uh, in the 21st century, there's a lot of interesting ideas about equality. Because it's ayin on my terms. <laughs> when I say it's ayin, it's ayin. When you say it's ayin, it's not ayin. You know, everything is tolerated besides your view. That's the only thing that's not tolerated. I'm just mentioning that because, you know, things could be misconstrued too. Such a sense of oneness is only when there's an aliyah into Saif of Kalam. Al-Tarebbe says, such a top uptight in halacha could only be from Soivif. And that's what Shabbos is. Why? The words are, are, are infinitely rich. The definitions in our world, doimim is the inanimate, the lifeless, minerals, rocks, earth, water. Tzaymeach is the world of vegetation. 
Chai is the animal kingdom, and that includes all living organisms, in terms of living organisms as rodents and, and mammals and reptiles and fish and birds. And then you have Medaber. Medaber is the speaking, the one who speaks, the person. It's called Medaber. The one who knows how to bring things into Isis and complicate everything. <laughs> Why are we called Medaber? It's an interesting thing. Should be called Balsechel. Salter Rebbe says, no, no, no. The Chiddush of a human being is Dibur. Everything has a story. Everything is Isis. <laughs> so he says, that difference between Daimim Tzameh Chaim Adab Azal Mitzat Pchidus Mamala Kalalma. Mamala, he says, Daimim, you're a squirrel. Get out of my garden, you squirrel. I'll build a fence. You're a deer. Go eat somebody else. <laughs> That's Mitzat Mamala. And Mitzat Mamala, it's Emes. I'm not a rock, I'm not a tree, I'm not an animal, and I'm not you. <laughs> and it's important. Mamali is not fake, Mamali is real, it's God. Mamali's album is not fake, it's real. The human brain is a vessel to access a certain level of consciousness, called Chachma, that an animal does not process. It's not like the Chachm is not there, but they don't have the Kalim, they don't have the brain and the body, the chemistry, to be able to process reality the way a human being can process. So they don't build museums, they don't build hospitals, they don't build universities, they don't build physical homes. They survive in their own way, and they've been doing it the same way for many years. It's a different type of Chachm. That's why they're called Chai. Their brains do access a lot, but what do their brains access? Life, a strong sense of life, existence, vitality. In many ways, animals are more alive than people. In terms of the alacrity, right? They don't sit and meditate if they're lazy or they're not lazy. They don't have time for that. There's a certain sense of life you see in an animal. Alacrity, passion, sometimes zeal, zrizus. You know, when you watch a cheetah running after her prey, it's a little faster than people run to work. There's an element of chiyus. Why? What's Mamala Kalalman? Mamala Kalalman, again, is the divine energy. You have, to, you have to inculcate into your head what's Mamala. Mamala means the divine energy that is custom-made. It's tailor-made. It's custom-made. Like you have a custom-made suit. It's tailor-made to the unique gedarim, parameters of every single creature defining, creating, and sustaining its unique chemistry. Physical chemistry, which comes from its spiritual chemistry. Physical chemistry comes from spiritual chemistry, which is Asaram Amaris. And the utterance of Hashem that created a stone is not the utterance of Hashem that created a camel. Even though there's many combinations, because it's the utterance of Hashem. All matter is comprised of atoms. A camel and a stone... And the cup of coffee, it's all atoms. It's all Asadam Amaris. Because atoms themselves are from Asadam Amaris. Most of an atom, 99% of an atom, 99.9% of an atom is empty space. In other words, most of matter, most of this world, of the, our planet, everything on this planet is empty. Empty space. Our eyes just don't like bittel. <laughs> so we turn everything into salad. <laughs> the eyes can't deal with empty, too much empty space. So we turn everything, we, we cover up for the empty space, but it's really empty space. What's that empty space? That empty space is, that's where Dvar Hashem is. That's the intangible, that's the ayin. 
So Mamala Kalalman is, it comes from one source, but everything is defined based on its unique molecular and cellular structure. And b'meila, there's daimeach daimim tzemeich hamadab. Avokshem is battle nagabi b'chinas seivuv kalalmin. But when there's a bittel, what's pshat bittel? Bittel means when mamale recognizes itself as a flow, as a trickle. That's the word. As a trickle of seivuv shemak if al kolon bashva achas. Definition of seivuv is that the infinity encompasses all. It's all infinite. It's all one. Harei kulam shavim ki bebchinis soiviv nemar adam ubehemet eshiyasha bashvachs. The the pasuk says adam ubehemet eshiyasha, the human being, and the behema you should have. So Chazal say in Meseches Chulin that Elohim bnei adam shemesimim atzmam kebehema. What's that? Mesimim atzmam kebehema. They make themselves like a behema. So the Rebbe teaches you make yourself like a behema. I'm, I'm nothing. Simatzim means you you go to Seif of Kalam. When the Seif that time is Simatzim Kebehema. When there's the real Bittel, so then the Adam and the Behema are one. There's something called Behema Rabba, which means you have it in Yoyna. Al Pikabola, it's the Behema that's higher than the person. The great Behema that's Lamailam and Adas. That's what it's really. You go Lamailam and Adas. So in Mela, that's by Shvius, that's the union of Shvius, the union of Sevav Kalam. Abnam calls who union bitla yeshla ayin, vainu king in Pchinus and Madrega Shabbos Tata, Shabbos Ilol, Mailam Pchinusu. But this is all the first level of Shabbos, Shabbos Tata, which is expressed in the seventh year in Shmita. Then there's something called Shabbos Ilol, the higher level of Shabbos. The higher level of Shabbos. That will continue, Bezer Hashem, Thursday morning, 7.45. A guten tag on afreilich in Chodesh. On afreilich in Kabbalah Satayra. Thursday morning will be the next year. So that's one of the bigger questions in, in terms of you know, social human history. We cherish the free market. And we cherish freedom, we cherish creativity. It's a very great, it's a supreme value. We also cherish equality. Problem is they seem to be mutually exclusive. The free market is very good at generating revenue. It's not very good at distributing the revenue in terms of equality. Equality is a beautiful ideal, but it would undermine the free market. So it's, it's a complicated question. You know, anybody who has an easy answer to this is obviously not understanding the problem. You see in Halacha, and I guess Parshas Bahar is the Parsha of this, how subtle its approach is, where it will not undermine either. It will not worship the free market at all costs, nor will it worship equality at all costs. Right? The free market is valued in terms of Adam Reitzebekav Shaloi, in terms of you could generate your money, it's your field, it's your real estate, it's your kesef, and all the Halachas of ownership are based on this concept of individuation and, and diversity and, uh, and there is a poor person and there is a rich person, right? And as the Pasuk says, that uh, poverty and richness are, I mean, until Mashiach comes, are part of the fabric of society. And yet, the same Torah, both on a legislative level, on a theological level, and on a psychological level, will constantly 
create checks and balances to create more opportunity, more equality. Practically, legislatively, Shmita. Shmita cancels all debt. You start off again on a clean slate. I'm talking biblically. The later was the principle. Shmita, all my fields are open. Yoival, right? All slaves go back home. All fields go back. These are unbelievable ideas. Besides Tzedakah and Trumas and Maesris and Maeser Sheni and Maeser and Maeser Oni and Leket and Shikha and Peya and Matnes Kohuna and all these things which were obligatory taxations for the poor that didn't have. That's legislatively. Psychologically, there's the concept of uh, Parshas Bahar says more than ten times your brother. He could have said, he's poor, your brother is poor. Brother, bro- more than ten times. Because <laughs> when you're br- it's your brother, it's different. It's my brother. That's psychological. And theologically, it's the idea we're learning now. It's my world. So even though you have the money, it's not really yours, it's mine. I gave it to you, but it's mine. And that makes a whole difference. That makes If it's really mine, Hashem's, then there's the concept of bitlayash, and once in seven years, we're gonna we're gonna play we're gonna not play that game. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna yeah we're gonna play that game. We're gonna basically go back to that space. It's mine. It's not yours. Life is mine. The world is mine. The earth is mine. So it's 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 very profound. Rabbi Sachs would write a lot about this. It's very profound how the Torah really is always very delicately synthesizing worldviews that lechayra mutually exclusive. Because they're both valuable. The free market is valuable. And, and, and equality is valuable. And uh, you see, uh, there's, there's a halach of amivriya. You know, the halach of amivriya. People read it, they get very queasy. Because they don't understand it. Amivriya is, if a, a father has a daughter, he's allowed to sell her as a servant. Right? So it's, it, it looks like one of the most archaic, horrible, horrible laws. When you read the Chazal about Masech the Kedushin, huh? Yeah, but, but but when you read the psukim, it's it's not pashit, because the halach is you're talking about a father who has no bread. The girl is starving. The girl, so this is a very very poor family. So the shaila is, what does he do with his daughter? So the Torah gives an option. He doesn't have to, but the option is, he sells her so to speak when she's a girl, and by the way, he can only do this till she's twelve. Once she's twelve, once she's a naira, she goes out, yeah. So she works in a house. Basically, she gets a job in a house, sachakel, <laughs> and they feed her. <laughs> they feed her, they give her everything she needs. But it's even more than that. It's even more than that. There has to be an option that the one who took her will marry her or her son will marry her. There has to be that option. The Torah says it. Huh? And then, if he or his son wants to marry her, Right? There's no new cast of Kedushin that they give her. Because the money they gave the father to get her, that's the cast of Kedushin. So people think that's strange. She should get cast of Kedushin. The answer is no. Because if you're marrying somebody that you bought as a servant, it's a, it's a little weird. So the Torah says, no. Retroactively, the money that you used to buy her was the money with which you married her. So it's like she was married almost from the day she came in, even though she wasn't. If he doesn't, he has to let her go free. So she could leave at 12, if she wants. I mean, she could stay and work there. Right? 
but the tenai is that the father has to think, is there a possibility that the father or the son should marry her? Now, if they do marry her, what, what is this idea? She comes from the lowest class. They come from affluence. Yeah? And suddenly, she goes, you, you, you create equalities between families. Yeah? People don't realize these sociological norms in the ancient world were game changers. Where was there an opportunity for somebody from the house of a slave to not only be with, but get married to, the, to royalty, to aristocracy? That's Omevriya. And that ultimately creates a whole different, a whole different mahalach. Even the idea of Shabbos. Shabbos, the Evid Knaini was not allowed to work. And the Behemoth was not allowed to work. So what did Evid Knaini do Shabbos? He could come to Shul. Where did he sit? He could sit near the Rav if he wants, if there's a place in Mizrach. Right? Who can he shmooze with? He could shmooze with the richest guy in the community. Where do you have in the ancient world? I'm not talking about today. In the, even today, it's not so posh. Not everybody goes to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> not everybody is invited to, uh, <laughs> to the unique places of, of, of you know, royalty. <laughs> right? But, but in the ancient world, the Evid Knaini is sitting near the richest person in the world, yeah? And he can make him a business offer. <laughs> Buy me out. And uh, I'm saying that opportunity... That on Shabbos, everybody is equal. You can't tell your Evid what to do. Imagine in the olden days when there was real slavery in America or other places. There's one day a week, the, the slave looks at you and says, Sorry, my day off. They lynched you for such a statement. In the South, they lynched you. People don't realize what Shabbos meant. The guy could sleep all day. He could do whatever he wants. You're not his boss. Already the other days, it was not the same thing. I'm not talking about an Evid. You're talking about an Evid Kneini. Even your animal, you couldn't work. Anyway, okay. Huh? So this was, I'm saying these were institutions that, you can't just say equality, equality. You know, communism sounds good on paper. I don't have to tell you, you grew up in the Soviet Union. Communism sounds good on paper. In reality, it's a catastrophe. On the other hand, capitalism can become very narcissistic. We know that too, right? Parshas Bahar is that delicate balance between Yesh and Ayin. In Ayin, everything is one. And in Yesh, it's me. <laughs> this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.